0: Welcome once again to another episode of The Traveling Troubadour, the podcast that follows around the lives of musicians who've successfully toured around the world playing the music everyone knows and loves. I'm your host, Jason Perno, and our next guest comes all the way from Athens, Greece. His name is Socrates, believe it or not. I've known Socrates for almost 20 years. He's a good friend of mine. Socrates, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. It's good to have you here. Why don't you start off by telling the audience a little bit about yourself, where you grew up and how you first got into music?
1: I was born and raised in Athens. Basically, I grew up, you know, uh, through the 70s and, uh, and the 80s, uh, you know, as a, as a teenager. Athens in general, you know, it was a great place to grow up. Um, like my first exposure to music was probably through my parents' tapes I mean, you, you know, you're, you're looking at 70s now. So, you know, my dad being the uh, merchandise Marine, you know, he would bring all these tapes from all over the world. So like my parents, they had have, they have this drawer full with tapes. You know, I would sneak in there and, you know, find tapes that looked cool. You know, anything from like, <laughs> pat boom, you know, to uh, I remember like, uh, you know, they had like an ABBA tape all kinds of all kinds of weird stuff man you, you I, know, I, stuff
0: like <laughs> I was going to say I bet that's not the only thing you found in your dad's sock drawer but
1: uh- <laughs> <laughs> well we're we're talking music now right
0: <laughs> <laughs> well you you said that you were traveling around, your dad was traveling around right Yeah, and, he, yeah, and so yeah, he collected dad- all this stuff from around the world and just oh, brought yeah, it back yeah. with him cool
1: and then after that i mean i was uh, uh, i was blown away by the you know by by this thing Music, you know, I was, it was so fascinating to listening to all the all the different kinds of music, you know, from, from these tapes, you know, so. When you were listening to music
0: back then, I mean, what were your influences? Do you have any specific bands or artists that really had well, a huge impact on you?
1: Not, not in the beginning, man. Like I said, you know, I was basically listening to what was, a, what was around, you know, my parents. You, uh, you were
0: just in tapes, love with music. Yeah,
1: I, I was just so fascinating for music that I was, you know, I would listen to basically anything, you know, and then, you know, when the, when the radio, uh, the, the radio show shows, when I started recording, then I kind of, you know, realized what I, you know, what I liked and what I didn't like, like the first uh, like germ of music that I, that I, that I was really uh, attracted to was, uh, you know, heavy, heavy music, you know, mm. Yeah like uh, I mean obviously heavy uh, when you when you when you think 1983 84 you know like it was you know Iron Maiden and 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 uh, you know Black Sabbath and Scorpions and Dio and all that, you know 80s yeah early 80s uh, stuff yeah, i grew up with so the that so that was my I was definitely I can promise, I, you know 100% I was like the the you know the typical metalhead, you know with a I mean I'm I still out, Yeah with the that shirt yeah
0: <laughs> Yeah cool How did you end up going from living in Greece to first getting out and going to see other countries what was your breakthrough that got you out of Greece
1: Well that's a very good question. Actually, I was um, I was all even even when I was very young, I always had this, uh, I, you know, this desire, uh, and you know, this kind of dream to actually get out there and see the rest of the world, you know, because I realized that the music that I was listening to, it was coming from from the West, you know. So for me, you know, it was like. I got to get get out of, of Greece and you know go and see you know where where this music is made you know and meet the people who are making it you know Right um I mean I you know I was very young right so but the, but the first time I went out of Greece it was probably when I went to to the US to study in 92 What did you study Uh I studied guitar uh in a uh, musicians institute It's like a private school in in uh, in uh, Hollywood california oh so you were was all there the way on the, the
0: west coast
1: yeah man <laughs> actually my i first flew to the east coast because i have a uh, family from my dad's side i have uh t- you know tons of uh cousins and stuff in uh, kingston new york yeah you know what i grew up an so- hour away from
0: kingston where i mean there's a cha- in a place called liberty new york which is uh okay Yeah. I I mean, so, so, you know, there's a chance that I might have bumped into one of your
1: family members at some
0: point. (laughs) Who knows?
1: Yeah, it's a small world, man. Absolutely. So, yeah, I I flew to the East Coast and I stayed there for like a month. And then, you know, I flew to to the West Coast and and stayed there for about a year and a half, a little bit over a year and a half. See, I never even knew that Uh, about you. Yeah, there you go, man. We <laughs> know each other for 20, 20 years plus. Yeah. yeah, So yeah, I flew over to 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 LA and I and I, I and I, you know, stayed there for for about a year and a half. And I studied at uh, Musician's Institute, GIT, or you know, yeah, it's whatever you want to call it. And that was, I mean, for me, that I mean, I was twenty years old, man. I mean, I was not even twenty one. You know, I had to I had to fake my ID so I can get into bars and stuff. You right, know, because so I, like, I was I was. Yeah, because I mean, I, when I got there and I was like, you know, you can't, you know, you can't go in the bar. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, man. You know, you. So anyway, so for me that was uh, groundbreaking. You know, to be there uh, and study. You know, all these major, great, artists. You know, uh, guitar players and bass players and and jam, and that was unbelievable. You know, when, when I when I graduated from from MI in. Uh, in uh 94 i was uh i, I was a different person basically mm. it, you know it really changed me
0: so how did you end up then i mean because we met in europe we met in scandinavia yeah. how'd you end up there
1: oh that's another story <laughs> i'll i'll take you a little bit back after i graduated from from uh, mi in 94 i i immediately started playing you know in bands and uh like you know professionally and then um, uh, around 95, my friend Manos, you know you know Manos, yes. yeah? uh, he said, he told me, hey man, you know, I got this gig, um, uh, you know, in one of the, in, in a, in a, it was a small bar basically. And you know, they don't have, they don't have space for a band, but uh, we could go, the two of us. I'm like, how do you mean? Well, you know, just two guitars. I'm like two guitars. I mean, well, yeah, just, you know, we can give it a try, see how, you know, see how it goes. So we started, so we started this thing, you know, playing as a duo, two guitars. I mean, I wasn't really singing at the time. Maybe I was like singing one song or something, two songs. Yeah, Uh, Manos was doing most of the singing. So we started playing as a duo, you know, and, and then, you know, we were getting more and more gigs in, in, in Athens in 96, was it 96 or 97? I'm not sure. I think 97. We got this gig in Rhodes Island. You know, Rhodes. Yes. I think you've been yes. there. Yeah. So we got this gig in Rhodes um, Island um, playing for a Swedish bar for, for the whole season. Uh, I mean, from like, you know, uh, May until September, you know. I
0: noticed that there was a very common thing back because um, I played on Kos Island. Yeah. Uh, I've also uh Played on uh, Mykonos a little bit. <clears throat> and um, I see sometimes a lot of Scandinavians will like to go to the Greek islands and open up a tapas bar or something like that. And they'll have live yeah. music. And oh, I, yeah. I've seen that uh, quite a few times. So so you actually, when you started out playing as a solo or a duo, you were back in Greece.
1: I was. I started playing as a solo much, much, much later. Much later. Like okay. My,
0: so you started out as a duo. Playing back in Greece, you met some Swedish people in Rhodes.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was it was a very it was it was not they were not Swedish, they were like Greek Swedish, you know. Okay. Uh, they were yeah. Greeks basically living in, in Sweden. Yeah. And they had this bar called uh, Modesty Bar. Great, you know, great, great place, you know, lots of fun. We had lots of fun. We played there for two years, uh, 97 and and then 98. Um so you know, we were playing as a duo, as I said, you know, like uh, one acoustic and one electric and then we would switch, right? Yeah. So like I would play the electric and then Manos would play the acoustic and then, you know, vice versa. So we did that for a couple of years. And then what happened was uh, at the end of the second season, uh, we met uh, we met a couple of other uh, guys in Rodos. And believe it or not, one of them was actually Doc, you know, Doc. Yeah. Uh, doc was uh, playing with another guy from Australia, from a guy from Australia called Graham and and we were hanging out with these guys and and, and they told us that you know you should, you should go and check out Copenhagen because there's a great there's a big music scene there you know for duels and, and stuff like that so we kept that thought sort of and and uh, at the end of the season manos met a danish girl my friend Manos, yeah. met he met a danish girl and she invited him to Copenhagen.
0: As so many
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> man, there's yeah. always a woman. There's always a woman. Behind. Yes. <laughs> so so uh, to make a long story short, he was like, uh, man, you know, I'm, she invited me to Copenhagen. And I'm uh, thinking about going. I'm like, dude, you know, that's a bit far away, isn't it? Because, I mean, like, like I said, you know, we were basically playing in, in, in Greece, you know, at the time. Yeah. So, uh, so man- actually, Manos did, did go to Copenhagen, you know, and um, and uh, you know, huge coincidence, man. When he went to Copenhagen, he actually went to to the old English pub because Graham and Doc, yeah, the guys who, that we met in Rhodes, yeah. right? they told him to go there and look for a guy called Tom Dykes. Uh, so actually, so, no, but listen, it's getting it's better. It's
0: kind of like finding Where's Waldo. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so so Manos, so Manos actually went to the old English and 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 you know, he walked into the old old English pub and there there was Tom you know playing, and like hey, Manos was like hey man you know um, blah 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 you know we, uh, I got your your contact from a couple of guys that we met that we met in Rhodes blah blah, blah. and Tom was like, wait a minute I. I know you. Do I know you from? I know you from somewhere. Did you say you were playing in Rollers? Were you playing with another guy with long hair? That was me. You know, I had long hair at the time. He <laughs> was like, Manov was like, Yeah. Well, I've i I've seen you guys. I've seen you guys play. You know. So t- Tom. I mean, you know Tom. Yeah, right? he was
0: he was in uh, he was in Rhodes though. He he saw he was guys. playing.
1: he was playing, yeah, he was playing in, in, at a cocktail bar just across the street from the from our gig. Ah, okay. so like Tom Tom told told Manos that like he would he would walk to the, to his gig practically every afternoon and and listen to us playing Athens of Swing. Wow. <laughs> he, yeah. So you was like, yeah, I know you guys. I've heard you guys. Um. And and then. Tom told Manus that, uh, yeah, you know, you should, uh, if you want, you know, you can come over and here in Copenhagen and uh, and work for me if you want. So Manus called me up and he told me the story. I'm like, dude, you know, are you sure? I mean, to go all over there, uh, you know, Copenhagen and then, you know, the gig is not what we expected and blah, blah, blah. And then what are we going to do? We're going to be stuck there. And Manus was like, no, 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 you know, it, it, Everything's, everything looks pretty legit. You know, it's very organized. The, the bars are really nice. And, and uh, this guy, Tom, you know, he sounds very professional. So uh, to finish the story, you know, uh, November of 98, we, you know, we had one suitcase and two guitars. We flew from Athens to uh, Copenhagen. And our first gig was at the Baron of the Baroness. That was November of ninety eight. I remember it clear like it was yesterday, man. Wow,
0: you know, I think what's interesting about when the skepticism that you had about going to Copenhagen, I, I like, <laughs> I almost want to say it's like a little bit of a Greek, you know, personality coming through because you're so used to in Greece. You meet yeah. all kinds of people there. And I know I've worked in Greece and I got stiffed a number of times working for Greek bar yeah. owners and stuff. So the, Gr- oh, the yeah. Greek in you is like thinking like, oh, I don't know if, if it's going to be like this or that, because the Scandinavians are pretty straight up, you know, oh, yeah. honest Absolutely. people. And so, but, 100%. but from the mindset of a person living and working in Greece, you <laughs> yeah. you always have your, you know, caution lights on.
1: Yeah because I, like I, like you know the first thing that came to my mind was like what happens if we get screwed up you know and yeah. like and we're going to we're going to end up like you know with two guitars and a suitcase out in the street Yeah but I mean <laughs> you, like yeah. can-
0: when I was in Koss, I had a gig for 1 month and 10 days before yeah. the gig ended the guy just closed the bar down didn't even tell me it was just yeah. like wow
1: Yeah <laughs> Yeah typical yeah well, I was stuck
0: know. on the island with nothing <laughs> nothing to do I had I had a yeah. You know, I I was, they let me stay in the hotel and everything, but uh, for the rest of the month, I was just like, what am I going to (laughs) do? Except, you know, hook up with some random (laughs) girl that works at McDonald's or something. Yeah. But um,
1: so where did you go from there? Where else have you played? Man, I've I've pretty much played everywhere in the North, in North Europe, you know, everywhere from, uh, from, uh iceland where my ex-wife comes from you know to germany finn all the scandinavian countries you know yeah i played in germ i played in germany a few times that was great um i have great memories from from that
0: did you ever play in in that strecker's bar in berlin
1: oh yeah yeah oh yes oh yes are we gonna are we gonna tell stories about that well that was one of my favorite
0: gigs uh, I'll just yeah. I'll just say that absolutely that one absolutely. and uh, and Switzerland. I don't know if you've ever made it to uh, Schweizerhof. Well, you
1: know, no, no really. I, I. I got offered the job a few times, but I kind of just never kind of worked out. Uh-huh. I was busy doing other stuff. Or I mean, Miles did that did that gig a few times.
0: Yeah, it's a great it's a great gig when you're young. Now, yeah. now it's it's tough. I mean, six yeah. seven days a week in a smoky bar. I mean that yeah. was normal back then but these days forget it. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. It was fun to to smoke back then man. Like you know, I mean I literally have pictures of me with a cigarette in my mouth playing you know playing the gig, you know. Mm.
0: Out of all the places that you played. Yeah. Do you have a specific place that you really really prefer or enjoy or anything that really sticks out as one of the best places? I mean for me it, it was Switzerland. That's that yeah. was probably the um, best place.
1: If I would, if, if I had to choose one place, probably I would say Norway, Norway. Uh, I, yeah. You know what? I mean, I did a few, uh, I did a few gigs with, uh, you know, with my buddy, Kevin Freeman, you know, Kevin? yeah, of course. Yeah. We had, we had like a, a country, uh, uh, band, you know, um, uh, up until recently, where uh, the, the bass player passed away, hmm. so uh, so we went to Norway a few times, and man, I gotta tell you, I mean, p- that's probably the best the best gigs that I've had in a long you know in a long time. The reaction of the crowd, I mean, the Norwegians are are crazy about country music, you know, and and they love the country and you know Credence and country and just all yeah every, everything the live every, stuff. all American stuff yeah. they love it you know they. So, so that's probably, I would, I would say, Norway.
0: You know, it's funny that you mentioned Norway as well, because, you know, I just had an interview with another uh, musician from Bulgaria. And he was yeah. telling me that uh, one of his dreams as, when he was a kid growing up in Bulgaria was to go to Norway and play music in a band. Because back in those days, Norway um, had music seven days a week. All the time, everywhere, and it was all full bands, live bands, and people would go there and make tons of money, and then come back home. He says it's, it's not like that anymore, but it seems like still no. the sentiment is still there. I know I've done a number of yes. gigs in Norway, and you go in there. First of all, they pay the best out of all the places in in Europe. Yes, pretty that much, is um, yeah. But it's also very expensive to live there. But the au- oh, yeah. the audience, the crowd response, the uh, the feedback you get, and and I don't know if it's the same for you, but for me, I felt like they treated me like family. You know
1: when? Oh yeah, um, yeah. We, I mean, I uh, we we got treated perfect. Like the, yeah. the, we played it. Uh, we played a few times there, but the the last. The last one that I remember was like a festival, uh, the uh, River Riverside Festival or something like that. I can't remember. It's been many years. Um, so you know, we they gave us like a house to live and and you know, uh, yeah. I mean, the 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 whole treatment was just just yeah. fantastic. Yeah,
0: I mean, I I played in a place where they they put me up in a hotel that. Norwegian royalty stay in sometimes yeah. they they oh, yeah. they gave me free tickets to see a play um they <laughs> took me up on a one of those cable cars up into the mountains and everything and I mean this is uh, stuff that yeah. all costs money and they were just treating me oh, to yeah. this and and just you know here try a Norwegian meal which wasn't I mean Norwegian food isn't that great but the fact that they were paying for it and they were you yes. know the hospitality yes. I think that's what I wanted to say it's yes. just oh, second yeah. to none there
1: yeah. Yeah. You feel like, you know, you feel that you're treated as a, as a, an artist, you know, like yeah. you're, 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 you know, you're a big shot or something, you know,
0: they do. You're somewhat like a celebrity or, or something important over there. Do you, um, yeah. Now, what about Iceland? You had mentioned that you played out there and I've never heard anybody talk about the gigs in Iceland.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I was married to Icelandic for yeah. 10 years. Yeah. Uh, so, so, you know, one of the, one of the, Many times that I that I was up there, I did a couple gigs. You know, I mean, Iceland is a small, small place. It's like right?
0: 300,000 people in the country or something. Like Not that. even, it's 200,
1: you know, I mean, 260,
0: I think. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, so, so obviously for uh, anything foreign immediately becomes, you know, kind of like, you know, exotic. <laughs> yeah. If you know what I mean, right? Yeah. So I played, I played, I played, uh, I did a couple of gigs uh, at, a, at a local place, you right. know, close to my uh, ex-wife's uh, parents,
0: so like bo- bodega type places.
1: No, um, not really, not really, bo- not really bodega, but uh, you know, yeah, more like a more like a local um, town bar, yeah, stuff. A, a small small version of the old Irish pub. Like right, said, right, okay. Say.
0: You know, talking about the troubadour lifestyle, mm-hmm. what is it that you love the most about what we do?
1: Um. Well, first of all, I mean, it's even the, even just the thing that you play guitar and sing for a living. I mean, you know, when, when I, t- when I, when I tell that to people, they're like, and you, and you live off that, like, you know, you know, it's yeah. like, you, can you make it, can you make a living doing that? Only that? What do you mean? You don't have a, you don't have a day job?
0: No. You know, I think that that was one of the things that really, um, used to get to me I mean it, my own parents included, they would say, you know, uh, when are you gonna get a job? It's like what are you talking <laughs> about? Like, I have a job. This is this is what yes. I do. I've been traveling all around, getting paid good money. More money than oh, yeah. what most average Americans are oh, making. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the, when you take into the, when you take into account the fact that your accommodations are paid for, your food is paid for and and mm-hmm. all the money that you're saving you're making really really good money at that point. Yeah. Um yeah. you're not you're not rich by any means and you're not up no, there with celebrities no. or anything like that, but you're doing what you love, you're making good money and you get to travel around and see the world and I don't, I don't see what's no. wrong with that.
1: Yeah, I mean it, exactly. Uh well, you know, when it kind of changes the 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 older we get, the older I get at least it yeah. changes, you know, like now I appreciate like, you know, like I said, you know, I appreciate the fact that I you know, when I say I go to work, you know, I just take my guitar and my mic or, you know, whatever my yeah, gear and yeah. I go and I, and I go and play songs, you know. Uh, another thing that I like is that uh, the fact that, you know, you have, it, it leaves you uh, it, it leaves you plenty of time to do other stuff, right? You don't, you don't have this like nine to five. Yeah, you're working half a day, basically. You were you're basically making more money working, you know, like a weekend than yeah. you know, yeah. than, than a guy, a, a guy has to work, you know, let's say 10 days, yeah. you know, or whatever, a week to make the same money, you know. Absolutely. So um, well, not now with a with a corona situation, yeah. but like under normal circumstances, I do between 150 and 180 gigs per year average, right? So, so you know, I mean, uh, basically, it's 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 one gig every every two days or something like that. You know. Yeah. Uh. So so you know, it's uh, it's it's just like any other job. You know, basically.
0: All right. So you talked about all the positive things that you like about uh, being a traveling musician. Obviously, there are a lot yes. of perks. Is there anything in particular that you don't like about the job?
1: Basically, you deal. You 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 have to set your mind and you have that you have to deal with people who are drunk you know like you walk into the your job you will you walk into your gig and people are already you know pissed and for a for a person like me i mean i hardly drink you know i mean i i was never much of a drinker even when i was younger you know um so you know it took it took few years to actually you know get used be to, able that. to cope get build used to up, that build and, up uh, know,
0: some tolerance <laughs> I just want to say yeah. it's interesting that you mentioned that because I totally left that aspect out in, in my book um, I'm talking <laughs> about the drawbacks. And you're absolutely right. You know, yeah, um, drunk people.
1: Uh, like Yeah, because, like, you know, for example, it's, you know, let's say it's Friday, you know, it's Friday night, Friday afternoon. You're, you're kind of, you know, hanging out at home, watching TV or whatever. And all of a sudden you look at the clock and it's, you know, Eight o'clock. You got to, you know, you got to make yourself. You got to put your 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 mind into gig mode, right? So you got to put on your clothes. You know, take a shower, whatever. And then, like in 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 an hour, all of a sudden, from from the couch, you're in a bar where people are, you know, like they're pissed drunk. So, like that's think about that. I mean, for for, for like a normal person, that's like what, you know what?
0: Yeah, I mean, you just you basically know? you you wake up late. You have your, uh, breakfast somewhere around four o'clock in the afternoon. Are yeah. yeah. you like, you know, you'll eat a, a quick dinner and then you go out, you, you're just going to your job, doing your thing. And then you walk in and this bar is just full of people. It's like an explosion of noise and drunkenness and everything. You're not there to drink and hang out with those people. You're there to entertain them. So
1: exactly. Exactly. That's, 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 I, w- I would say that's the hardest part of all. And, um. Like I said, it took me years to kind of learn, you know, how to actually do that. Especially you know, to
0: be able to. Especially, yeah, sorry. I just want to say, especially coming from another culture where it's not yes. as tolerated. No. I know as an American, one of the things that I was just shocked by, especially in Scandinavia, yeah. is just their tolerance for public intoxication. Because the way that the Danes act or other parts of Scandinavia, maybe the Finnish are pretty bad, too. Um, oh, yeah. Is that uh, the way they behave, to me, was the way that Americans might behave on a college campus on the weekends, the way the kids act. But instead, it's the entire country. Yeah. It's on the weekend. <laughs> and then, and then Oops. you see stuff happen that you just – roll your eyes at it's it's bad enough you see a guy like whipping schlong out and start pissing on the street but it's another thing when you see a a girl a drunk girl lifting up her skirt and squatting to pee right in the middle of an intersection while screaming at the top of her lungs getting as much attention as she can i've seen that happen a number of times here it's just the weirdest thing to me
1: Dude, I got to tell you man, like talking about that, you know, um and coming from from uh coming from an, from from a time like when we first got here in, in late 90s um you know, the the conditions of the the conditions regarding the gigs that were not even not even as close as good as they are now. I mean, now you go to your gig and there's a stage waiting for you there, you know, like there's there's you know, top class equipment. There's, there's, there's a fence, there's, you know, lights, you know, everything, everything a professional musician needs to, to have, to be able to perform, right. Back in those years, there was, I mean, you, you remember it was nothing. There was just like, Hey man, you know, where, where do we play? all oh, right the, right there in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> and and there the, was the whole a, night know,
0: it was a fight to make sure you didn't get your teeth knocked out.
1: That that was that was about, that was exactly what I wanted to tell you. The first night that we got that we got here in, in Denmark in '98, I remember it because you know it was the first night. We were playing at the barrel. You know, we just landed in Denmark and we were playing at the barrel, the Baroness. You know, me and Manos. So you know, we set up. You remember the piano they yeah, had, of like in the corner. Yeah. So we 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 set up next to the piano. There was no stage. There was nothing. You know, we were just playing on the floor, basically. You know. So, so the first night, a, a large group of Swedes walked into the bar. You know, they were drunk and they were loud. You know, so, so um, I mean, we didn't know. You know, so we started playing, and all of a sudden, you know, there was there was like a, a, I don't remember a girl or or somebody, of course, you know, kicked, kicked the microphone stand right right on my teeth. Yeah. The first night, I got I got you know blood blood. <laughs> I was like,
0: fuck, shit. Yeah, I mean, I think I heard one of the musicians, I don't know who it was, that actually got a tooth knocked out during one of those gigs. Probably. Probably. And it was a big fight to get the venue to pay for it because, you know, the guy yeah. who's running yeah. those places at that time. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so what I, what I was telling you is that the conditions uh, regarding the gigs, uh, now they are, I mean, you know, we're like rock stars compared to back in those days where there was nothing. Yeah. You know, like I remember literally playing on J Day, on you know whatever the hell I was playing on the floor. Yeah. And every night it was, and and it was like the whole night was just basically fighting to keep your teeth in place. You know, because people are, you know, you know how it is. People were dancing, and you were like, oh shit, you know, oh man, are is it, are they going to kick the mic now, or you know? <laughs>
0: I guess the whole process has matured over the years. And, yes, you know, not only are we um, in a better environment to work in, but we're also getting paid better wages. I mean, back then they had us working yeah. six, seven days a week for the same amount of money you can make in a week. And now doing uh, yeah. gigs.
1: Well, yeah, but also, uh, yes, you're absolutely right. But the thing is that the gigs were also very different back then. Like, you, uh, I mean, I remember... You know we, we like you had the freedom to play whatever the hell you wanted basically you know if it was a if it was a uh, you know a slow song or a medium tempo song or you know a fast tempo you know you could play whatever well now you know of course we're getting paid you know we're getting paid with better money you know but of course we are you know we're asked you know there there are certain rules that we have yeah you know, there's you expectations that, that there, there, are, there are huge expectations. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I, I understand that. You know, if, if, if I was the, the, the employer, you know, I would also have expectations from the people that I employ. Yeah. They,
0: they're paying you to sell beer. That's the thing. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. Do you um, have any specific life tips or lessons that you've learned over the years that you think a new, Troubadour just getting on the scene would benefit from. Yeah.
1: Uh, well, the first one is, uh, you know, uh, be careful with the booze and 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 the you know drugs and and all the all that stuff. You know, that's a big one. Because uh, I mean, I've seen, I've seen with my own eyes. I mean, I've been in this business almost thirty years. I mean, I started in ninety four, right? Yeah. So what is two thousand. Yeah. I mean, I've seen with my own eyes. I've seen people dying, you know, yeah. you know, quite a few, actually. Yeah. You know?
0: um, yeah. Yeah. So
1: I found that, you know, uh, I, I found that uh, whenever I was drunk and, and uh, you know, my, my performance basically sucked. Uh, so if I can give one advice to the younger kids is is the first one is, you know, be, you know, be careful with your, with the drinking and, 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 and all that stuff. And the second one is try to try to be organized as much as possible like you know when because uh, you know when you're a when you're a traveling musician um you have to think in advance like you know there is there are a lot of things that that can go south <laughs> so you know you have to always be prepared you know uh with your gear you,
0: i i think you're right absolutely right because as musicians a lot of them by nature tend to be lazy you know a lot of them don't want to put in the normal work that you would have to do in any job, let alone as a musician. But just because you're a musician doesn't mean that you don't have to be responsible and make sure that, you you, you, you know, there are responsibilities. There are things that you have to do, especially if you want to progress with your
1: career. Yes, absolutely. With me, you know, it was was never like, I mean, even when I was younger, uh, you know, I mean, I was always very um, no, I, w- I would say even <laughs> up to an OD level, you know, I was always very careful and very organized, especially with my gear. Uh, you know, I was always, you know, like I would always show up at the gig and, you know, I knew that for sure that my gear is working 100%. And, you know, I knew my I knew my songs and I knew my, you know, my parts or whatever, if I was playing with a band or whatever, you know, um, and especially when I'm traveling. Uh, I always have like a backup of everything pretty much even, you know, even a small mixer. I always carry a small mixer. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Like I have, I have, a, yeah, well, you know, I have a box in the car that has, you know, has a couple of mics, a few cables a mixer, you know, and, and some tools. <laughs> Cause you know, you, the, when you're out in the middle of, in the middle of nowhere and things start to go south, you know, you, there's no one to help you, you know, you only have yourself.
0: You know, speaking of gear, is there anything particular that you like to use, um, not just backup um, stuff, but just uh, particular pieces of equipment that you found very useful to have?
1: Yeah, well, uh, as far as the as far as the, the the solo gigs, like or you know the the yeah. the, the, the pub gigs, um, I have a pretty basic uh, uh, setup. I'm using I'm running I have, first of all my guitar. I'm, I'm using thin, thin line guitars. I've been playing a Line 6 uh, Varix guitar for about three years, and now it's been about a year that I have switched to an uh, L- LTD L6 uh, thin body guitar, which is great. I love it, you know. So that's my that's that's my main guitar, and then I run that through a I have a Boss GT1 uh, effect processor, which is great. I love it, you know. It has uh you know all the all the effects. Uh, that I need, you know, and more. And from that, I, I, I go to a uh, uh, Digitech uh, uh, Jamman Stereo Looper that I have a few drum loops, you know, like, you know, yeah, drum yeah. loops. And, and I, I, I do very little looping uh, during those gigs because, you know, the majority, the majority of the gigs that we do, the people are there to, they're not really there to, to listen to music. Uh, and they're not there to listen to me or anybody else, you know, playing uh, guitar, guitar or, you yeah. know. Yeah, so I, I keep it very simple, but, you know, it's nice to have the looper for some, maybe some uh, very short uh, looping and then, you know, like I do a lot of overdubs and also, like I said, you know, I have a, I have a few drum loops mm. and then from that I, I, I have a, 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 a TC Helicon uh, a Harmony Singer pedal for the vocals. Yeah. That that all that it's a, you know it has a reverb and some you know other vocal effects and also you know it has a harmonies, so that's it, man. You know, basically three pedals and, and it's that big. You know, it fits into a suitcase.
0: All right. Do you have a, like a uh, pedal board or do you? Yeah,
1: it's it's a, it's like a pedal board. That I mean, it's yeah, that big. Yeah. It's not it's not bigger than that.
0: So, what are you doing with yourself these days?
1: Well, since the uh, pandemic, I mean, it's been a year now that we're kind of. You know stuck home uh, I mean I'm <coughs> excuse me I haven't uh, you know like the with the bands we have stopped rehearsing for a few months now uh, so uh, basically I you know I've spent a lot of time here in my home studio recording uh, uh, music and I, I also record for other people um, I do a lot of uh, you know like uh, people send me tr- songs and i record guitars or bass or vol- even vocals Cool.
0: are you on on any of those uh, websites like soundbetter or these uh, no. places like fiverr where people pay you to lay a track no no no, I,
1: I, no but i will check it out now that you mentioned well it. i was on
0: i was on soundbetter so uh, and i've gotten a couple of vocal gigs through through that yeah. uh, website it's worked out for me but um so you're recording stuff at home, right? Yeah, Doing- well, you know, yeah,
1: I re- I record, I, I do that, and I also have, you know, I have two children, you know, I have two boys, fifteen and thirteen years old, you know, teenage teenage boys. I spend a lot of time with them. Yeah, and then you know, man, basically, you know, just hanging out, basically trying to, you know, trying to keep my head together, uh, so I'm, you know, so we can see the light of the other side of the tunnel
0: you know yeah it's it's been tough for a lot of musicians this year and not just musicians like yeah. us but uh the big stars and entertainers oh and yeah it's it's oh, yeah. hit everyone but uh i'm hoping that in then you know by the summertime things will start to get back to normal
1: but uh Cro- cross the fingers man yeah.
0: <laughs> but uh before we get um into one of your original songs i just wanted to ask you um, you have any funny stories to share? Just like one good story from all those years touring. <laughs> I, I know there's a million. It's hard to choose from, but if, if there's just one yeah. you can think of,
1: yeah. Well, most of the funny stories have exp- ex- explicit <laughs> material, so we're, I'm going to skip those. Uh, well, if I could, if I could think of one. I would probably I would probably take you many years, many many years back when I was still in Rolos. uh I don't remember if it was ninety four. I think it was ninety six. Uh, I was playing this in this uh, house band for for a rock club there called the Sticky Fingers. Great place. Um, so uh, I mean, I was a heavy drinker back then, and that's actually that is actually one of the reasons why I. Uh, you know, that story that I'm about to tell you, that's actually one of the reasons why I kind of stopped, you know, drinking. Yeah. Um, We were drinking heavy uh, back in those years. I mean, I was like 24 Yeah, and we were playing every night, you know, and it was all rock and roll, you know, Metallica and guns and roses and, uh, you know, great stuff. We had a really good, you know, really cool band. So one night, um, You know, they were, we were playing and they were buying us the shots, you know, so it was, so by the end of the, by the end of the night, towards the end of the night, I was so pissed. I was so drunk. So, you know, I had like really long hair, like almost up my waist. Yeah. So, you know, we were, we were playing and, you know, I was like uh, getting into it and I was, you know, doing a little bit of and all of a sudden, you know, like the hair was you know in in my face so I, I i i tried to do like this you know when you have long yeah. hair and i did and all of a sudden you know like the whole universe just started to turn around like this <laughs> so so i just i just felt you know like i felt on my i felt on my amp wow and and and, and there was a there was a beer on my on my on, on my amp so the beer spilled all over the amp and my guitar was going like ee! You know, feedback and, and feedbacking, and the amp just, you know, went, you know, and of course, you you know, I like was in the middle of the set. Right. Uh, I think it was at, towards the end of the of the set. I'm not sh- 100% sure, but I remember there were people like the people were going like, what is this a part of the show <laughs> or something like. So I kind of, you know, the, the, the bass player who was like the boss. Right. So he kind of helped me up. You know, I was like, Ugh. You know, so, you know, I, I was, I was out. I mean, I was out. And so what happened was the next day, you know, I, when I woke up, you know, whatever time it was, and, you know, we used to have this place where, where we would go and have coffee, you know, like uh, around midday. So, you know, I I got up and, uh, you know, I, with whoever girl was, was with me at the time, I, I can't remember, you know, so yeah. we drove there, you know, I had a motorcycle, we drove there and man, I swear to God, as as soon as I walked into the place, I could see people were like going like, <laughs> <laughs> they were like, and I was, and I was so embarrassed. Wow. I realized that drinking and, you know, drinking and playing, it's, it, it doesn't work for me. You know, yeah. it makes me look stupid.
0: And it's sometimes it takes a couple of times before you finally get it through your <laughs> head. That's, yeah, uh, that's the hard way yeah. it was
1: a hard way yeah
0: you know and i never really drank much you you know me like i was never a huge drinker um not yeah. really my thing i had other vices but uh alcohol wasn't <laughs> wasn't one of them and uh yeah but but the interesting thing like i have two stories in in particular that that was just it for me um one was uh, when I first came to Europe, I had ended up uh, in Berlin, and of course the bar was owned by a Dane, and he had Danish yeah. people running the bar, and the inspector was that was that was that striker yeah, Streckers in Berlin, and uh, oh. this guy named uh, Henrik, I believe his name was, and he kept yeah. feeding me uh, vodka Red Bulls, like you know this is before that stuff was illegal. <laughs> To to serve together. And and uh he kept feeding me this uh after the gig. And then uh I went to the bathroom and I passed out on the floor in the toilet. And then at some point the owner of the bar came in and he saw me there and then he I guess like he went and told the the inspector that your musician, I think he's passed out in the in the toilet. And they just <laughs> let me sleep there until like seven o'clock in the morning. And <laughs> then they kicked me out eventually when the when the place closed down. And the second story I had was actually in Copenhagen um several years later where they kept feeding me uh Fishman's that uh that stuff that's like Fishman's friend. And uh That's horrible. Yeah. I got so drunk there somebody had to escort me to a taxi and I remember like the taxi dropped me off in front of the musician's flat and yeah. i stepped out of the taxi and i never made it inside like i just crashed on the sidewalk <laughs> and woke up with somebody like nudging me going are you okay and i had like yeah. green vomit stuck to the side of my face <laughs> from the fishwoods so like and and like the hangover was so bad that i don't even remember the next day at all like what happened there i just remember that that you know waking up on the sidewalk and having that my face stuck to the vomit yeah. on the side. That, and that was it for me. I was like, ah,
1: yeah. Yeah, mean it's not, it's not, <laughs> it's not pleasant the next day, you know, yeah. it's like, well, you know, I mean, I, honestly, I don't want to sound like a, like a preacher or, yeah. you know, I mean, I believe me, I have done my, I have drawn my booze yeah, and I have, you know, I've done all, all the stuff, you know, but um, like it's, I always, I was always a social drinker. Like I would drink when I was partying. Right. Yeah. I, like you would never see, even when I was like 20 years old, you would never see me, you know, home, you know, yeah. drinking, you know, there was no point. Plus, you know, in Greece, we have a very different culture as uh, regarding the, the, the alcohol, you know, it's a yeah. very, it's a very social, social thing. Uh, and it's not, and it's not like the purpose of, of the evening, you know, to get wasted. Right. You get wasted, but, but, but not, that's not like the purpose while here, you know, that, you know, when people go out, as you know, yeah, they're on a mission kind of, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So, so, uh, yeah. All
0: right. Well, I want to thank you, uh, for coming on and, Oh
1: man, thank you for having me. I had a a great time.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's so many other things we can, could have brought up, but I, I want to keep this podcast clean. Sure. Um, but yeah, (laughs) for those people who are listening, um, we have a song that you had just uh, been working on recently. It's an instrumental, right? It's uh, yeah, yeah, well, called "Homebound," it's, it's, right?
1: Homebound. Yeah. Well, I got this. I, I mean, like you know, as 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 you know, we've been uh, stuck home for for almost a year now. So, uh, I've been working on this instrumental project. You know, I have a few songs that I'm I've been working on. Uh, and that one was the 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 first one that came out. Uh, and uh, I got you know. I heard that melody. I think I heard it on the TV. I had the TV on and I, it was uh, it was like from a commercial or something. And, you know, so I got I got this melody and I kind of changed it. Uh, so so, you know, that's basically what the the, 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 so, the song is coming from. But um, and the, and homebound is because, you know, we're we're home. We're bound home. Yeah, during COVID. <laughs> we're bound <Yeah>. home, <laughs> we, you know either if, you know, either, either if we want it or not. So, yeah. uh, that is basically, that's basically, uh, but basically, you know, as I told you, you know, I started singing much later. So yeah. like the first, the first music that I was actually involved, uh, with was actually instrumental. So that's, you know, that's kind of, I kind of went back to my roots with that, with this little project. Cool. Well,
0: that about wraps it up for this week's edition of Traveling Troubadour. I want to thank once again our guest Socrates for coming on the show to share his story with us. If you like what you've heard and you want to learn more, please go to Amazon and pick up your copy of Troubadour, A Musician's Guide to Touring Europe as a Cover Artist. We're going to take you out with Socrates' latest single, an instrumental called Homebound. Thanks once again, and see you next time.
1: Thank you. Uh-huh.